Hey there, and thank you for listening to the Dream Center Peoria podcast. Dream Center Peoria exists to impact families living in poverty, starting with kids and youth. If you want to learn more about what we're up to at the Dream Center, you can find us online at dreamcenterpeoria.org or on social media at Dream Center Peoria. Thanks for listening. there again this is Andy King uh, with the Dream Center podcast and welcome to uh, today's uh, edition we've been doing a, a new um, type of podcast called New Realities uh, during this corona uh, pandemic we wanted to really uh, try and highlight some things that not only the Dream Center is doing but others are doing in the community and so today I am so happy to have uh, two of my closest friends on the planet, just because they understand what I go through as an executive director uh, of an organization. Uh, but we have Craig Williams from uh, Southside Mission, and we also have Jonathan Roki from Peoria Rescue Ministries with us today. And um, we, last year, we, we did something different. Jonathan headed it up. He had a speaker coming in and said, hey, why don't we do a bit of a conference the next day? And the three nonprofits joined together uh, and had an amazing time. And the response back was it was just refreshing to see three three nonprofits uh, doing similar work, but different areas of Peoria coming together and uniting on this. And so... Um, when I started thinking about the podcast, I just thought we have got to get together and do this. So what I thought we would do just be- before um, we really get into some of the, the meat of what we're doing, I just thought we would get to know Craig and Jonathan and just just find out who they are, they are what they do, where they're at. And uh, so, Craig, if you wanted to jump ahead and, uh, and tell us all about yourself, how long you've been there. Uh, and a little bit about Southside Mission. Okay, well, I'm getting older, so I started here. Uh, it'll be almost 19 years uh, uh, this September. So I started uh, working at Southside Mission and uh, came from a, a background before Southside Mission. Uh, it was really um, social work. I, I've always worked in social work and um did a little bit uh, of work at Backrack. So that's where when I had my suits and ties on, you guys, that's where I got that from. So <laughs> you you are you are the best dressed, best dressed between the three of us. We always know when Craig's in the room. <laughs> so the reason why that's the reason why I just kept up with that. So, you know, but um I just and before then actually God had uh actually picked me up off the streets, if you will, and I have served in in every area that we all have as ministries of our organization. I was living that at one point in my life and God uh, picked me up and gave me a chance. And when I came to Peoria in 1985, I was connected to a church and God saved me and delivered me and is continuing to to work on me and, and has blessed my life tremendously where I've been able to just uh, be more than I could ever say that I've done in life in terms of being who God called me to be and giving me really an, uh, an opportunity to 
raise a family and to, you know, um, the few days I'll be married uh, 30 years. Um, Whoa. Up on March the 31st. So, wow. Uh, I've had one wife and, and, and just love, that was the love of my life. She still is. And God has just been so good to me. She's very uh, it, yeah. And I, I, I like to say this, and I, I have to be careful because it's on the radio, but, you know, I put up with her for 30 years, so you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's but good. God has been good and, and, and had an opportunity to come to Southside Mission and do some work uh, for the Lord and um, had a privilege of being connected with you two guys. And we've known each other for many years, but we really just – uh, God is through you guys is really instigating it and and saying let's come together let's do some things together. So God has been doing a great work uh, with us anyway collectively as well as individually. Uh, Southside Mission is was really a rescue mission and uh, in terms of women and children and it just grew uh, under uh, our previous leader where I served under him for many years and. Uh, just was able to, to establish other parts of ministry that were not, you know, basically the start of Southside Mission. Uh, external ministries is what we called it at that time. And we began to partner with some of the people like uh, Dream Center with uh, Adopt-A-Block. We have Hope Builders Ministries where we minister to the community and, and, and with home repairs, our uh, children and youth ministry that's a big part of Southside Mission. Our culinary is the really the the part of what deals with you know people coming in and looking for jobs and underemployed as we would call them. So God has has birthed this ministry uh, ninety five years old as you know. Wow. And we just have just been able to carry on, and um, that, that's been my role here. I served in four different capacities in this ministry and. Now I serve as the executive director. So um, love God, love the people of God, and love my brothers here. And thank God for an opportunity to get together again. Amen, amen. Well, thank you, Craig. Um, and, and we'll be talking more about some of the challenges that you guys have and, and we have and, and Pure Rescue Ministries has uh, in, in just a moment. But uh, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, uh, what you guys do at Pure Rescue Ministries? Yeah, well, I am. Uh, I think I'm the newbie to this uh, venture that you guys are in. I've uh, been here about three and a half years. Uh, really, uh, kind of came out of the uh, a family food industry uh, background, um, which it's kind of like uh, it's a good thing that God equips the called and not calls the equipped because yeah. I would say I'm I'm the least of the equipped of you three guys but um, uh -oh. <laughs> no doubt about that <laughs> but you know the thing is is that, that Craig all of our stories are saved by grace right and yes sir different and um, I am so thankful for his mercy in my life and what is that has done and, and how that has uh, broken and shaped my heart um, for mercy and compassion so even though I spent most of my career in the food industry, um, he was preparing and shaping and, and leading us here. And that whole journey is a, a, a God story all of its own, too long for today, but uh, somebody ever wants to 
to ask me that. I'm glad to tell them that. I would have never thought that uh, my wife and I would be here uh, at the uh, Peoria Rescue Ministries, but we're so thankful that we are and um, for God, how, how God has led that. Um, as far as Peoria Rescue Ministries and, and what we do, um, you know, we've been going through a, an interesting journey. Um, uh, as I mentioned, I've, I've just been here about three and a half years, but our previous leader before that was here 48 years. And so, um, and God used him to grow the ministry um, from a very fledgling uh, rescue ministry for men to, uh, you know, a pretty far flung ministry today as well. Um, and so we've been going through a significant transition um, and, and we've, we've, uh, you know, we really uh, championed or, or looked at scripture to help guide us in that. Um, yeah. So often in, in the biblical history, we see where leaders didn't get to accomplish and finish what they thought they wanted to do, but God had another plan of what he wanted to do. Yeah. So Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. He, he needed Joshua to do that conquest action. And Solomon got to build a temple, even though that was David's greatest desire. So so we see that God's at work in transition to to uh, bring about what He wants, and what it reminds us all of is this isn't ours. This right. Is, right. And uh, and He's going to um, He's going to lead as He sees fit, and we just want to be tools in His hands and willing in that. So um, part of that transition today, uh, if you ask us who we are at Peoria Rescue Ministries, you know. We're about creating pathways out of poverty through Jesus. And you know, we say that there's, there's a lot packed into that statement. You know, it's, it's creating uh, in the sense that we're, it's a collaboration. And you guys know this so well, but some people might not understand that we don't do anything to anyone. Right. 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 <laughs> right? That's right. Um, it's God that transforms people's hearts and lives. And, and so it is about, uh, being in collaboration, being in life together, and and just uh, going on this path of, of transformation, and that only happens through the gospel and grace. It doesn't happen by any kind of control or compliance, and and so so that's what that creating means. And then the pathways is just the recognition that every single person has their own journey in this. We can't there's no program there's no right. nothing that is a one-size-fits-all thing here um, poverty looks different to everybody um, they experience it differently they came to it differently we actually have a um, you know as I think we share this because of the poverty conference that we yeah. all work together is we have this broader definition or maybe a I'd say a biblical definition of poverty which is it's not just a lack of material things, right? It's, it's a lack in the four fundamental relationships of life, the relationship with God and self and others and creation. And so we're about trying to understand where people are in that spectrum, come alongside them and help them. And we do that in two ways. We have our residential ministries. So um, we have our men's ministry as our predominant one of that. Um, we have a variety of programs. We've started to uh, create more than just the one-size-fits-all, and uh, we've come around alongside men. We just launched 18 months ago our Next Step program, which is a new program for us that's helped us place um, more than 300 men in jobs wow. in the last 18 months. 
and uh, and we also have a women's uh, side with similar a little bit to you guys but again we all have little nuances in how we're focused and 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 they're important to have all those opportunities for the women in our community and then so that's our residential side uh, and then we also have our community uh, side of our ministries which would be our Barnabas Counseling Center um, which is available to community as well as our residents and then also uh, the Empower Life Center where we come around unexpected pregnancies and parenting decisions to help empower uh, men and women really to 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 be to thrive in their parenting decisions certainly to protect life um and then to but to share again that that all of us are in poverty at some level and the pathway out is one guy and it's yeah that's right i'll never forget um jonathan you um so i had been the executive director at dream center uh, about a year and a half into when it started, so around 2004, uh, all the way up until about three years ago, two and a half, three years ago, where I was, um, uh, I went down to Nashville to help a church. They had three dream centers that they were uh, had set up down there. Uh, I was down there for six months or so, and then uh, really just through, our, the story is too long to go into, but how God then just brought us back to Peoria and for our time in Nashville to really looking back and it was just a pure training time of what God was really wanting us to do back in Peoria at the Dream Center. We didn't, that wasn't how we planned it. We thought we were moving to Franklin, Tennessee for the next, you know, 30 years um, and yet got out of the plans. And so I came back uh, and became the director at the Dream Center again. And within two weeks of me being back, I remember getting a knock on my door from you, Jonathan, and you were introducing yourself to me. Uh, I think you'd only been on the job a week or something like that. And he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I said, I said, join the club. <laughs> All right. Amen. <laughs> um, but I just want to, uh, you know, say this um, with regards to Jonathan and also to Craig as well. Me and Craig have go way back uh, when Craig was uh, setting up the Adopt-A-Block program at Southside and the Hope Builders. And we, Dream Center helped uh, uh, a little bit with just that type of program being as it was, yep. came out of the LA Dream Center many years ago. Right. So um, they didn't want to duplicate the, the wheel, uh, reinvent the wheel. They, they just said, hey, how are you doing it? And said, here it is, go and do it. So our paths crossed. And, and what I appreciate about you guys is there's never this sense of this is our territory, stay away or we do this ministry, you don't need to do that because we know Peoria one is a big city, but not only that, the need is so, so widespread that it takes team together. You know, one of our core values at the Dream Center is better together. Uh, all our staff have 10 staff core values and, and that's one of them is we're better together 
that doesn't just go um, for right. what's happening within our walls at the Dream Center, but it actually goes to, with other nonprofits. And, and I know, Jonathan, Craig, you could sit there today and you would be able to just list the amount of other nonprofits, churches, businesses, and individuals that get behind all of our programs and ministries to, to make this thing happen. It's not just the three of us, <laughs> you know, That's uh, right. a lot of the time they see us, a lot of people see us, whether it's, you know, media, TV, social media, whatever it is, but there is a whole army behind us. Can we just tap into that just from, I think this would be really cool for people to just know about the, perhaps the size of staff that we have, the type of folks we have, um, and then also talk about volunteers as well, because <laughs> you cannot have a nonprofit organization without the army of volunteers that, that make this happen. So uh, d just tell us a bit about, you know, your staff structure and also your, how you pull all this stuff off. Craig, if you want to start there. So, yeah, here at Southside Mission, we have about 85 staff uh, in our organization. And, and uh, several of those or a lot of those are represented in our thrift stores. We also have three thrift stores uh, that are uh, a major support for Southside Missions, ministries, and programs. And uh, you talked about core values, and, and, and those are so very important right now. I'd like to say, basically, we're in transition as a ministry in terms of really developing uh, as individuals and leaders. You know, a lot of times, uh, I think ministries and churches in, in, in general become a lot uh, about doing. We're trying to become who God wants us to become and live out that through our day-to-day -day, uh, relationships with one another, as well as what we do with each other. Um, uh, I often say it, and I've said it at uh, the banquet before, that we're not here to compete with each other. We're here to complete one another. Brilliant. And the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So that means that we both are the same uh, material, if you will, and we're just sharpening one another. There's no, you've heard the quote, big eyes and little you. So as we're developing and going forth in ministry, that is very important for this ministry as well as the staff and, and how we operate. Uh, when you say that, you know, volunteers, the ministry actually runs on volunteers. These staff are really a lot of part-timers that we're talking about. And then you have your essential team here. But in terms of volunteerism, it is important for us to have volunteers, to the hope builders. When you work on 30 and 40 projects a year, you can't do that with basically two people running that ministry. Right. It's essential to have volunteers that are committed, not just to doing home repairs, but also representing the gospel as they help individuals. A lot of these individuals are seniors. Seniors right. are the ones that are in these homes that don't have resources. Sometimes there's predators, if you will, in terms of we call them those jack legs coming in that have taking their money and didn't do the kind of work that they needed or patched up something in there, their roof is leaking. That's really the importance of the volunteers. When the volunteers are coming into our organization, 
and sitting down and doing the one-on-one mentoring with our young boys, you you can really understand this, Andy, uh, with those mentors in place and how valuable they are. Yeah. And also creating other opportunities for this organization to help minister and mentor young boys. Uh, those are very important. Our women's uh, shelter, how important it is to have people preparing the meals, working with the ladies, working alongside them, I like to say, because yeah. we're not talking about a handout. We're talking about a hand up into yeah. reaching out to help people. So that's very important here in terms of the volunteers and our staff and the competency in our staff. And that's very important to us in this organization, especially that's now. That's good. Yeah. yeah, one of the uh, one of the things, one of the other core values that, that we have at Dream Center is give ministry back. And we are constantly saying to our staff, your job is not to do the ministry. Your job is to champion volunteers who then can go and do the ministry and release people that come and be able to because you can like you just said you can you can only do so much if you've only got two staff members in a division and you're trying to reach 40 different homes you can't do that on your own and so you've got to release that ministry and really then as a staff we're now championing those volunteers to see them uh go and do the ministry so i i appreciate that yeah. point you made Craig that's so so we're important. making disciples Andy we are yeah. responsible for that that is our job so it doesn't become uh, us for no more it's yeah. becoming a ministry with the model that the Bible has set forth for us to become to make disciples and then to go out and to continue to uh, repeat those and, and duplicate right. those and that's how ministry goes yeah. for that's great. Jonathan, what do what? That's up with what we've been talking about in terms of um, poverty, right? Yeah. Right. Since we are all in, in that poverty at some level, we're really all on this journey together of needing Jesus to just continue to build our relationships. And so that works at the ministry level as well. So we say it often, you know, we're not just ministering to those we serve. We're just ministering to each other all the way around. And they're ministering to us. And all those things just continue to work together. The thing that we say is, is we are, we want to be kingdom focused. I am so excited. I mean, just, just even again, this conversation illustrates what I don't know maybe was happening a few years ago, but just this ability to to look at the king or look at the community from a kingdom perspective say that this is his this is his community and right. so consequently we want to see everybody engaged and, and and there's as we all know there's so much need um there's there can't be enough and and god is a god of abundance he's not a god of a scarcity so we have to worry about, oh, I hope I get the right people in my ministry or oh, I get the right supporters. No, he, he's, he's got more than enough. He owns yeah. cattle on a thousand hills. He can, he can know where to distribute that uh, meat appropriately. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, this is a, a note. I was going to maybe tell you guys this later, but I think it's a perfect mm. time. Um, so our, the, the guy that we got engaged to come for our Hope Rising event this year is Peter Greer. 
Um, so Peter Greer is the president of Hope International. He just wrote a book called Rooting for Your Rivals. Yeah. And it's all about how um, ministries should be working together. And so That's I haven't good. even had a chance to tell you guys this yet. We just found that out uh, right before uh, we all learned how to spell coronavirus. And um, <laughs> so, um, but when we get a chance, the three of us, we should get together and talk about how we leverage him um, together, uh, you know, like something like we did with the poverty conference. And so anyway, we'll see where that goes. But that's so good. We just, we're so thankful to be in this together with you guys. Yeah. So I guess you yeah. asked a little bit about staff and volunteers. We have somewhere around 60, a little less than 60 uh, across the ministry um, and hundreds of volunteers um, to accomplish. But again, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's God empowering that work across that whole landscape that, that makes it happen. So yeah. What about you? Well, you tell us well, about we have uh, we have about forty staff members, um, and then, like you said, volunteers. You know, come into us uh, every day. We have volunteers at the Dream Center every day doing things. Um, but you know, for us, you know, we have three main areas that we focus on: uh, DCP housing, uh, which is our homeless shelter, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Our homeless shelter in our village, which is. Uh, the next step, the homeless shelter is like the front door into the dream center. And, and we always say we want to, um, we want to end homelessness in every home, you know, any homeless person that walks into our facility, that's where we want to end homelessness. And the way we do that is taking folks from our homeless shelter, then into the village, which is apartments. Uh, that's where there's there's heavier social work, case management, uh, you know, finding jobs and helping educational needs and helping the kids and things like that. That's how uh, we try to do our housing. Uh, 91% who go into the village never go back to homelessness. And so that's, that's, that's for us, that's where we're trying to get to. Um, our homeless shelter is women, children fathering dads uh, or families okay so if, if any of that really the only folks that we don't take is single males uh, and that's where we then lean on to pure rescue ministries or salvation army um, and again that's purely for, for safety <laughs> we we've been we've been told oh you're, you're all sexist down there you won't take the guys and no it's just purely security yeah um, that's right. So, that's that's what we're on to. Yeah, and you you got to you just got to have a bit of boundaries there. So we we have the housing, then we have DCP students, which is our after school program. We have um, probably five five to eight staff members there, uh, and then again a ton of volunteers every day, around sixty to one hundred students. Awesome. Um, and then we have DCP cares, which is. Uh, our community outreach programs, so things like Backpack Peoria, where we give away backpacks during this before the school year, uh, Mission Peoria, uh, uh, what used to be called Adopt Block, we now call Here for Good. Programs like that um, uh, are all under that DCP Cares side of things. So it, it takes about 40, 40 staff members 
Uh, and then, like I said, hundreds of volunteers helping us do what we do. Uh, so that's a bit of how we do it, you know. So um, the thing that we all have in common uh, is we all run uh, homeless shelters or places for uh, people to come overnight. Uh, some are, like I know Craig's, you know, overnight. Um, ours uh, is a 24-7. Jonathan, what is yours? Is yours just an overnight? Or w yeah. why don't you explain what you do and then we'll go to Craig and then we'll talk about how the coronavirus is impacting how we do that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, ours is 24-7 at both on the uh, lady side and on the men's side, family side. I mean, not, we don't do family, intact families, but for women and children and for men. And, and like you, I think we, are, um, we look at our shelter ministry as the gateway. It's, it's the on-ramp to that pathway out of poverty. And uh, so, so I, just to tell you guys, this will be an interesting, a couple of weeks ago, we saw this and saw, saw how much our ministry has transformed. Um, just uh, two years ago, 2017, 90% of our capacity uh, that we had, our capability to house uh, on the men's side was uh, reserved for and, and consumed by emergency shelter. And um, today, that is actually completely flipped. Now, only 90% of our capacity is taken up with uh, men who are engaged in either medium or long-term, uh, you know, community uh, program, transformational programming. And so we have lots less space for emergency shelter because what's happening is they're, they're getting on the pathway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so really excited about that that change. Um, thankfully, we're we haven't had to turn many people away. We've been getting we're, we're pretty full. We've been hitting that capacity, but not had to turn a lot of folks away. They've been actually excited about getting into some of these programs that we just didn't have before to, right. to move them forward. So, but yeah, we're twenty four seven. Great. Yeah, our our shelter is not really considered a twenty four seven. It's uh, a phase four shelter. They can come in uh, or they go through, you know, coming in at like the orientation stage, but they are able to come in. And um, our goal is, is that they stay here for the four phases that will um, give them a better chance at really being uh, not homeless anymore. So we've, we've had more success in that area than actually doing the 24 seven opening the doors to anyone that comes in. They have, we do have a provisional room where they're able to come in. If we have an emergency placement that right. needs to come in at that particular time that the orientation is set. So, uh, but typically our program is a phase four program where um, they're able to come in and have some long-term care. We deal with more from the spiritual side of it first, but also have many different partners with CEFQ, different other organizations to teach them social skills, uh, prepare them for job readiness. All of that is connected to the four phases. And we do also have a four-phase property. Uh, basically, that's one that's pretty, pretty new here that they're able to come in and when they leave out and complete the four phase 
four phases, they can also uh, live in one of our properties for one year and really kind of find their way to see how it is to pay bills and be back out on their own. Or some of them are also coming out of uh, our prison system. So, okay, good, good. What are some of the challenges, guys? I I know right now uh, with the coronavirus uh, for us, obviously, we've just built this new uh, homeless shelter. Um, we went from one floor of the Dream Center to two floors, and um, so one floor is is designated for beds. Um, the majority of the beds are on that floor. Then the the next floor is more of a day type of environment where there's a dining room, there's a serving kitchen, community area, and then we have uh, four rooms uh, that have been initially set up um, mm -hmm. for um, pregnant moms who come in that are homeless. That, as you can you could imagine, having morning sickness and having to stay in a room with 16 other ladies just there's no dignity there and so we have rooms for pregnant moms now and then we also have rooms for any women that we see that are either escaping sex trafficking human trade uh we see a lot of the human trade stuff and i know you guys uh, would see that as well but just um and, and what human trade is is basically trading their bodies for something else to get something right so that could be they're staying with someone can't afford rent can't afford food so they stay with someone and have to do things to stay there we see a lot of that okay and girls that are trying to have got into it but don't know how to get out we can get them out uh, that way so those rooms now though are quarantine rooms or rooms of isolation for if anyone gets sick period but especially with the coronavirus uh in the area um so you know that's been our bit of strategy as anyone comes into the building you know the sanitation stations throughout the building can't even come onto the homeless shelter floor without you know uh, washing hands or wiping hands with sanitation uh, at the sanitation station. So, uh, and and like you guys, we opt everything right. The cleaning. Nonprofits are normally clean places anyway. But now they're really clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that's how we've had to do it. We, some of the things, some of the stresses that we have uh, right now, we don't have a kitchen at the Dream Center. We are wanting to build one. Uh, we have plans to do it later this year. We've got a bit of a on pause at the moment just because of everything that's going on. Um, so until then, we have food that comes from the Salvation Army uh, at lunch that is a hot lunch. And then it, sandwiches also come for the night meal. For me, um, I'm just not a big fan of at night having a cold meal especially if kids uh are coming home from school i know they're not right now but when they are that type of thing so we're just reaching out to the community and saying help us give a good hot meal to the folks we serve each and every day until we get the kitchen done so 
we've been challenging people $250 will feed a hundred people from a local restaurant. Okay. So we want to support a lot of the restaurants who normally have dine-in who now can't do that. They're having to do takeout, uh, drive, drive up type of thing. So your Avani's, your pizza ranches, uh, places like that. We're trying to help them and help us at the same time. So yeah, that's how that's we've, awesome. had to, we've had to change things a little bit. Um, what about you guys? How, how are you handling? Because you can't shut down. That, that's what I keep telling people. We can't tell the homeless to go home. Right? <laughs> They're at home with us. This is, yeah. they feel at home with us. So how, how are you guys coping with that? Go ahead, Chris. Well, one of the things that we have done uh, with our lighthouse diner we we have done continue to do the lighthouse diner but we've done it where they can just come up and then we pass out uh the food out of our building we keep our social distancing but we didn't want to shut it down we just make sure that no one is in the building and yeah. keeps everybody here at less risk of uh being uh infected and so that has picked up tremendously uh, where we, especially now with sometimes with school being out, we normally saw a spike in that anyway in the summer or when it was spring break where their families were coming in more. Uh, so we continue to do that and we just found a creative way to do it. It's okay, you know, how can we continue to do this but not uh, have people impacted to be infected? Uh, the other thing about our um, our 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 school ministry, we have suspended that service, and we're we're not having uh, residents and staff here or volunteers. What we've done is uh, our essential staff, which is our leadership, or, well, a part of it is our leadership. They're able to come and still be at work. So what we've done is partnered with Peoria uh, Public Schools. And we take lunches to those that we serve. Awesome. Uh, we're not just taking lunches to everybody in the community, um, but we're partnering with Peoria Public Schools where we then take the lunches to those that we serve that normally would come to our uh, or be involved in our after school tutoring program. And so that has been going good. And we continue to do that with our staff that are essential, uh, keeping all of the social distancing, all of the, the guidelines from what they have shared with us to be uh, as safe as possible, really honoring that. And then also our benevolence center um, is also still operating where we do have food bags that we continue to give out and, <clears throat> but what we do is we have them outside. We have uh, still prayed with people when they come pick up any kind of food here. We're still ministering hope. And a lot of times it's not about the prayers, not about anything, but what the hope that they, they see that there's something still available. Not that we're just, you know, going out of there and feeding people and they'll just come in and get you something, but the hope that the believers that Christ centered ministries are offering because their doors are still open yeah. that they see somebody with a smile in times like these uh and we've also reached out to a group of our seniors to about 40 of them especially that can't go out that are really high risk and we've had a, a couple of churches that have partnered with us so we're uh, putting together right now where they can go out and 
and uh, ensure that these um, seniors are taken care of with their basic needs. So that's how we've kind of stood, you know, in this space now of, you know, still without any government funding, still without the fact that what happens here comes through grassroots giving. It comes through people that say, I support what you're doing. And that's probably the biggest challenge to come right now is to continue being able to, uh, especially because the stores are closed, being able to fund this ministry. We're still able to pay all of our staff now. They're still receiving uh, their paychecks, uh, even though some of them are not working. So God has been good. He's kept us. We are reevaluating daily. We are finding different ways, looking at other uh, opportunities that might be available. One of the things about us guys and our ministry sometimes there is nothing provided for people like us for organizations like ours because we're who we are and so we're looking and tapping all of the uh, sources to see if there's opportunities for if it goes any longer that our staff are able to be taken care of and and again we have just found creative ways to continue to do ministry and some of the other ministry outlets that we have, we, we've just had to shut down, which is our stores. Yeah. And so we're, we're plugging along, but those are some of the challenges. Um, and those are always challenges with non-for-profits, uh, yeah. money, finances to do the ministry. Yeah. Craig, if, if someone was listening to this now and was like, man, I want to help Southside Mission, what's the best way to, to be able to send a financial donation to you guys? What's, how, how would someone do that? They're able to go online at Southside Mission, uh, www.southsidemission.org. They're able to do that. And we thank God, first of all, one of my biggest uh, uh, heartfelt things is always to say thank you for those that are already giving, that are already yeah. stepping up. We've had some people that stepped up, and I mean tremendously. But I also want to say this. I want them to remember all of these ministries. And if God is who he is and we believe he is, he's a provider, then I want to say to ensure that all of these ministries are still going forward, that they're able to. But specifically to the Southside Mission, they could do that through our mailing uh, mailing in uh, different uh, opportunities to checks and, and things like that. They can do that. But I really, really want to focus on that they remember all of these ministries and, and that are not just us, even the other ministries that are doing work. So I want to echo that, you know, but specific to Southside Mission, they can do that online or they could uh, drop off a check or whatever. We're still, the doors are still open in our main building here. Great. Jonathan. Yeah. You know, I think the way I've looked at this uh, as we've been addressing it, which we keep all saying these are unprecedented times. I I, uh, I had a friend who said the other day, he said, I, I'm just longing for a little precedence. It's all consuming for all of us as leaders. We're trying to do the right thing. And I say, we, you know, the, the phase that we've been in so far has been mostly about managing prevention for all of us. We, We've done everything I think we can do within our ministries. We've spread. We've, we've you know, create, done social distancing. We're sanitizing. We're doing all those kind of things. But I think the phase that's coming 
that that we're all also trying to address now is managing the presence of the virus among us because that's kind of where this is heading and and I think for you guys um, in particular and for us even at our, in our women's ministries we actually have the ability within our buildings to isolate um, and I hope that's the, I think that's the case for you as well Craig and but that but, is correct. Yeah, we can do that at the Esther House, and because of your new building that God provided for you, Andy, you're able to do that at the Dream Center, and we're really thankful for that. Where I could tell you guys we need prayer right now from anybody who hears this, and literally the entire community, is for us and for the Salvation Army on the men's side, that reality is very different. Um, uh, men's shelters, um, by their nature, are open. Um, they're larger rooms, and um, we don't have we don't have isolation opportunities to segregate with you know groups or individuals within our buildings. Um, uh, Andy knows, and Craig, you may not, but we were we were hard into a plan. We had partnered with the church, actually in Morton, to uh, create a. A, a non-acute sheltering, segregated sheltering opportunity for those who have been ex either exposed or symptomatic with uh, COVID-19. And we were, we, we had great support from the communities around and the emergency services because they thought that plan was really, you know, well thought out. And we were, we were, the, the facility that we were going to partner with at Grace Church is an amazing facility. Almost God had designed for this, the ability to segregate people and, and do different things. We were really excited about how we could do it. But yesterday, the uh, uh, state, in their uh, wisdom, um, uh, basically said that that doesn't meet the alternative housing plan that they have, that they really believe everybody should be isolated independent, you know, individually, which is a, a great idea, but I don't know that it's going to, you know, I don't know that there's enough uh, bandwidth in, in the ability to either use hotels or, or such to do that. And with our vulnerable population, we're not so sure that isolation individually is really even the right or, or best caring and compassionate thing to do. Yeah. So all that to say, we're, we're trying to work. We're going to be working with the other partners within the community with the Peoria County Health Department and Continuum of Care uh, so that Salvation Army and us on the men's side can try to uh, bring a compassionate and effective solution to uh, segregate the men because you know, it wouldn't take much. We have, between the two of us, we have about 130 or men or so that receive shelter here on a, between the two buildings on a nightly basis. So right. we got to figure out a solution. So, so what, so what you're, what we're hearing then Jonathan is if there's someone listening to this, that you may have um, some type of facility where there could be isolation rooms, but yet, could also be watched big, right? That's that would be the idea. Deal. Yeah, I mean it'd be it'd be great because one of our concerns is with individual isolation for that have mental challenges and have anxiety, yeah. and for them to get into an isolated individual room, how, how are they going to 
care for themselves. Um, yeah. And it's it's almost impossible to think that you can go through and care for them, you know, in a in a an effective way. So yeah, we're praying. We and we're we're like we always are. We're hands wide yeah. open to God, saying, "Help us, um, provide answers, give us what we need," because we're not adequate, and none of our strategies are good enough. Um, we need you. And so it's yeah. a big prayer for us right now. We were, it was amazing. We had a, we had a great team who literally, we got the word last Saturday that Grace Church would, would welcome that opportunity to help. And we, we had a task force on this and we were ready to begin our supply and staffing uh, requisition, which was a major undertaking in and of itself to, to set up a facility like that. We were ready to launch that, and now we're on pause. Mm-hmm. And um, and and so, just pray. That's the biggest thing right now. We need is pray for wisdom of how the men in our community can be cared for. Yeah, uh, in a in a in a compassionate and effective way. And you know, uh, as we all know, this um, what we care about most is that all these folks know Jesus and know his comfort through this and know his care through this. Um, we, we tell our folks, you know, this coronavirus is bad. Um, you know, in, in Italy, up to 10% of the folks that get it are dying, but the reality is 100% of us are going to die. Um, right. So th- that's probably the biggest thing to concern ourselves with is, you know, yeah. what's our eternal relationships and how are we dealing with that? And, so we want to care for the guys in the midst of all of this in that way. Amen. And, and I know because, you know, I'm running a, a nonprofit. I know the challenges there. And that's why I appreciate you three, uh, you two, when the three of us come together to, to talk. Um, but it doesn't just happen. Uh, Jonathan, can you share how someone could help your ministry financially during sure. this time, especially? Yeah, I'm going to actually, I'll, I'll, I'll do it two ways. One, my guess is every single one of us need the essential uh, supplies of hand sanitizer, wipes, yep. uh, gloves, uh, even masks. And so we've said this, and I'll say it again. If you have those that you can spare at home, you know, drop a bottle to us. Um, yeah. Because when we have the folks that we have, I mean, we're not dealing with one a household of five, four or five, we're dealing with <laughs> household, whatever, 20, 100, you know, hundreds. And so we consume those things just quite That's rapidly. Right. And our supply chains, uh, you know, are, are being stretched, you know, and, and our normal channels of supply don't have them. So, so people can do physically actually get engaged right now themselves by bringing what they can spare for that. And then, and then, yes, secondly, um, we know there's, we all know there's costs involved in this. We're all doing yeah. things. And so uh, people can go to PeoriaRescue.org. We would, uh, that we've got a COVID-19 response uh, tab there. They can learn what we're doing. They can see all the kind of responses that we've had to care for, not only those we serve, but as you guys have already mentioned many times, our staff. That's um, right. We have some of our uh, ministries are furloughed um, because they're public. Uh, so our Empower Life Center and our Barnabas, uh, uh, you know, counseling services, we've got a lot of furlough going on in those. 
but we want to continue to provide for our staff. Um, and, and, and we don't know how all the, how all the aid packages and those kind of things might end up doing that for individuals and such. But, but what we want to do is make sure that we've, we're, we're protecting their roles. We've got them secured and they're not having to go look for a job somewhere else when this is, you know, we get through this. So, so there is going to be, uh, extra costs involved in this. So yeah, we pray that people will, um, they've been so gracious to all three of our ministries yes. over the years and we are, we couldn't be more thankful for them. I think, I think by God's grace, he's put us all three of us in a position to be able to weather a storm like this, but yeah, it's, we're going to need it to continue. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, not many people know this. I think only my wife and maybe my, my son who's also on staff, but on uh, about a week into all this, Jonathan texted me. And one of the things that he put was, do you need us to, to let some of our donors know that they could send money? Basically it all was saying that our, some of our donors could go to the dream center and donate for you guys. And you don't know how, how much that felt to me, Jonathan, just your heart to see ministry done in Peoria, whether it's through you guys, whether it's through us, whether it's through Southside Mission. Um, I just appreciate that uh, for, for all, both of you, because I know both of you would do exactly the same uh, as we would. And uh, it, was just, it was just amazing to read uh, and, and feel the heart of it so I, I thank you for that but what I want to do right now is just I, I just want to I want to pray uh, as we close here but I just want to pray for what's going on and not just for now but for into the future uh, I know uh, timing wise you know we've all got end of year events right we're looking at end of year I know yeah. Jonathan you talked about yours we just um, uh, booked a week ago. We haven't even sent this out yet, but uh, we have coming in Matthew Barnett, who started the LA Dream Center. He is the executive director of the LA Dream Center. Wow. He he's going to be coming for our end of year event uh, on October twentieth. Um, Craig, did you get anyone booked yet? I know you've been having trouble getting someone. No, our our date, uh, what I do have booked is our date, and I have two uh, people that we're uh, going to decide on which one of them. One was the person that uh, we all know as, uh, I think uh, you call him Pastor Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you had him before. We have done some things with uh, been involved in ministry with him or just been exposed to him through uh, CCDA. Um, and then we also have um, our uh, pastor from um, Chicago. Uh, boy, I forget his name, but we have him. I've already spoken to them and uh, well, at least one of them. So our date though, we do have it set for September the 24th and okay. we're going to do it a little differently. We're going to do it at a church and uh it's just going to be a different time for us and we're just looking to um partner with you guys i i know the plan is to do a next day event so that's on a thursday so we will actually be doing something that friday as well uh to put some boots on the ground kind of uh, action to it so yes great well guys let's pray 
and uh, and and just send us out here. Jesus, I thank you for what you are doing in Peoria. Uh, last year, there was a lot of things that happened in this city, Lord, and you know everything that was going on from shootings to other things that were, was happening. And, and, you know, God, you had it under control. Every single thing that was going on, you it didn't take you by surprise. And God, I thank you that during that year, where there was quite a bit of stuff going on that actually you were at work and you brought these three organizations closer together than ever before so that we can impact this city for you, Jesus, that we can share the love of Christ through dignity and compassion and purpose that we're able to really present the gospel to people who are longing to hear his voice and see the church in action. So God, I just pray for Southside Mission and everything that they are doing uh, on the south end of Peoria. God, I thank you for every every staff member that is there. I pray you'll give them strength, you'll give them protection at this time so that they can do your work. And God, I thank you for uh, Peoria Rescue Ministries and, and what they have been in this community for many years and what they continue to be. God, during this time of transition, I, I just pray that you will um, give ears to hear uh, with the leaders and the leadership of that organization, that they will hear your voice and hear and see the needs within the city. And God, allow them to be able to pivot and even move in a direction perhaps that they've never gone before. So God, I pray for, um, for everything that's going on. But more than that, I pray for my two friends, Craig and Jonathan. God, I thank you for who they are, what they do, the, the pressure that they uh, live with each and every day. God, I pray that you will uh, help them with that weight. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, I want to also echo that prayer back to you, um, Andy, and, and just thank God for you. Thank God for... Uh, his protection and provision for you personally and, and your family, as well as the ministry that God has given you oversight over. Thank Back you so you much, Greg. Ditto Thank you. you. I, I love both of you very much. Uh, I miss our lunches. I'm ready. Um, I, <laughs> apparently, well, I'm, I'm eating plenty during this, so that's not <laughs> so. Well, I, I really, I thank God that, you know, I think I had to pay next. So I'm kind of <laughs> happy that, you know, we got a little reprieve. <laughs> up, man. We're going to be eating big. Uh, yeah, yeah. you better be ready. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this. And uh, who knows? I mean, let's do this again. We're looking at doing these podcast things, um, not just during this season, but obviously into the future. And so... Perhaps sure. we'll do it live one day and, and, okay. and that type of thing. So thank you again, guys, for being part of this. God bless, God bless you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Dream Center Peoria podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you know of anyone that would be interested in hearing about what we just talked about, we would encourage you to share this episode with them. Be sure to stay tuned for future episodes. Thanks. Thanks.